What's up and welcome to the Active Amputee Podcast. Everything people with a limb difference need to live an active and exciting lifestyle. I'm Bjorn Eser, the founder of and shaker and maker behind the Active Amputee. Welcome to today's show. You're listening to episode number 14 and episode number 14 is all about kayaking as an amputee. I know, summer's over, but today I still want to talk about water sports. And here I mean opportunities of being active in, on and around the water. While water sports are generally great fun, at least I think, they're especially well suited for the lower limb amputees. They offer the added advantage of the water carrying most of our weight. An advantage not to be underestimated by any amputee. Swimming, snorkeling, diving, kayaking, surfing, no matter which one of these activities you fancy, they are all great fun and well worth a try. Even more so, as they often allow us a completely new perspective on this beautiful planet of ours. There's a whole new world often, just a few feet below the surface of the ocean. Feeling the force of the wave carrying you back to shore after an open water swim is a humbling experience. And any coast looks completely different when seen from a kayak. Over the last couple of years, I was lucky enough to enjoy several sea kayaking trips along the Welsh coast. And what a stunning, beautiful coastline that is. I got hooked when I first kayaked on the Irish Sea, just off the Isle of Anglesey. I had to acknowledge defeat when facing strong winds and big waves far above my pay grade in Pembrokeshire. And I couldn't stop being in awe of Mother Nature's beauty while pedalling along the Gower Peninsula's south coast, with a seal being my on-and-off companion for the greater part of an hour. I loved each and every one of these experiences. Don't want to miss a single one of them. And looking back, I often wonder why it took me so long to actually get started. So, to make things easier for others and encourage lower limb amputees to start kayaking, here are some tips. Start in a way that feels right for you. In my university years, read 20 odd years ago, I did a bit of paddling on slow running rivers and lakes, flat water with plenty of easy entry and exit points. And over the years I often thought it would be nice to get back into this kind of outdoor activity. But what I was really interested in was sea kayaking and whitewater kayaking. I just knew I would love it, but still I kept on procrastinating. As an above knee amputee, I just wasn't sure of how to go about it in a safe way. Would it be best to kayak with or without my prosthesis? If I wear my artificial leg, what are the safety issues I need to be aware of? Should I use a standard kayak or modify it to fit my needs? What would be a good way to deal with longer stretches of carrying the boat and my gear if we stayed overnight, especially when it's low tide? Loads of questions, and all of them are relevant in one way or another. But looking back, it feels as if I partly used them as an excuse. And it wasn't until I heard about the Introduction to Kayaking course offered by Plassey Brinnen, the UK's National Mountain Centre in Snowdonia, that's Wales, that I finally got my act together. Five days of high-quality instruction in a small group. With only three kayaking novices in the group, we're talking about an amazing student-to-instructor ratio. This course was just what I needed. It offered a great mixture of sessions in the pool, on the lakes of North Wales with Mount Snowdon as a backdrop, on the Irish Sea as well as on easy grade white water. 
I had the chance to try out various types of boats and paddles. I learned simple rescue techniques and picked up basic knowledge about wind and weather, currents, waves and tidal charts. These five days at Plasibrinnen laid the sound foundation in terms of skills and they gave me the needed boost to my confidence to finally take up kayaking again, this time as an amputee. Sea kayaking in Pembrokeshire. After this course, one of my first weekend trips brought me down to Pembrokeshire. Together with a friend, I headed out to the small village of Upper Castle. The harbour, so we were told, is an ideal place to get the boats into the water and start exploring the coast. For this first trip, I decided to pedal without my prosthesis. No need for two legs in a kayak. Being pretty much a novice to the sport, I didn't want to run the risk of capsizing, getting stuck with the artificial limp and drowning right away. My friend offered to get my boat down to the beach and back to the car later. So, one-legged paddling it was. Paddling out of the bay and along the coast, we started playing around the cliffs, running the boats through narrow channels, whizzing in and out of caves, maneuvering them around the hundreds of rocks that break the surf at low tide. We soon got into a routine and felt confident on the water again. Confident enough even to practice a few rescue maneuvers, which obviously meant getting into the cold Irish Sea, by that time 10, maybe 12 degrees Celsius. And I just thought, a kingdom for a wetsuit. And if we do any trips in a colder season, another kingdom for a dry suit. After a few hours on the water, by then all tired but very happy, we dragged the kayaks back to shore. What an amazing day, what an amazing stretch of coastline. Later that day and over a pint of lager in the local pub, we studied the maps of the area, the weather forecast, the kayaking guidebook, the tidal charts and soon settled on Porthclyse for the following day. According to our guidebook, the area around the small harbour village is another breathtaking, beautiful part of Pembrokeshire. Sounds like a good plan, I thought, when I crawled into my sleeping bag later that night. And within minutes, I was asleep. Know your limits. And a good plan it was. At least for more experienced paddlers, but not for us. We had westerly winds, an outgoing tide, and a swell that was beyond our comfort zone. So barely 15 minutes after leaving the sheltered harbour, we decided to head back. The open waters were just too rough for us. Then, over a cup of coffee, it was time to look for another place, more sheltered, and with more exit options in case we have to abort the trip somewhere along the route. Soon, our eyes settled on the coast west of Newport. What can I say? An inviting nice white sandy beach, a sheltered bay, stunning cliffs with lots of caves, plenty of marine wildlife and birds to watch, and every once in a while a small bay, ideal for a break, a quick snack and a bit of recovery time. It's amazing how time flies when you're in your kayak, paddling along the coast, being one with the movement of the ocean and marveling at nature's beauty. While we headed back to land, I found myself wondering. This spectacular stretch of coast is only three, maybe three and a half hours from where I live. I have my own kayak and other paddling gear at home. I have access to a car with a roof rack. It's beautiful. It's good for mind, body and soul. And it's definitely good for me. Why did it take me so long to actually get here? So long to actually get back into kayaking?
Lessons learned so far. Getting your gear in and out of the water. I can be pretty stubborn and I was always keen on my independence. This obviously means carrying my own gear. Means being able to get my boat and everything else I need in and out of the water by myself and without anyone's assistance. Over the years I have dragged my kayak behind me while walking on crutches over a long stretch of sand during low tide. Not ideal, not very elegant, but possible. I have pushed my boat with all the camping gear in it while hopping one leg behind it, wearing all of my kayaking outfit. Again, not ideal, not very elegant, but possible. And I have carried all of my stuff while wearing a simple waterproof prosthesis. So far the best option, if you ask me. And once I have proven to myself that I can get my things from the car into the water and back, I now find it much easier to accept the assistance of others. Kayaking with or without your prosthesis. Again, I have tried various options. The one I said no to pretty much right away was wearing my prosthesis in the kayak. As I still don't know how to roll my boat and come back up again, I need to make sure that I get out of my kayak once I flipped it. And the idea of getting the artificial limbs stuck and being unable to escape safely just wasn't appealing to me. I generally like to wear my socket when I sit as it offers me more stability, even if the actual prosthesis is not attached to it. So for me, the best option is to wear my leg to get the things from the car to the edge of the water. I then detach the leg and stow it away safely somewhere in the boat. I then get into the kayak and push myself into the water using my hands on the one side and the pedal on the other. Pretty much the same method two legged kayakers would use. In the beginning I had my crutches with me, often right next to the seat. But it's a safety issue as you might get entangled in them. And until I have modified the boat to be able to store them differently, I leave them in the car. Kayaking by yourself or with company. As I mentioned earlier, I try to find ways to do things independently. Despite my amputation, I just don't like asking for assistance, especially not until I've figured out how to do things alone. Once I know I can do it by myself, I find asking for or accepting assistance much easier. Call it stubbornness, call it arrogance, call it embracing a challenge. That's just how I am. But when it comes to kayaking out on the open sea and further away from the shore, I think going with a friend is a must, from a safety point of view. Flipping your boat a couple of hundred meters from shore, in rough conditions and bad visibility, in strong winds and with an outgoing tide, not being able to get back into the boat and sensing that exhaustion will soon set in, then hypothermia and panic, that's just too shitty a scenario to experience. So yes, for me, sea kayaking means heading out with a friend. Modifying the kayak. So far, I have not modified my kayak to suit my special needs as an amputee. I'm still assessing different options, playing around with various ideas that will allow me to control the boat better. And I'm likely to change the setup for one of the knee pads, bring it back quite a bit, so that I can use it with my residual limp. Otherwise, there's not much modification needed, I think, and for the time being, I just use my boat the way it is.
I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the new episodes. And I would really appreciate it if you leave me a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to learn more about the Active Amputee, make sure to head over to www.theactiveamputee.org where you find hundreds of articles from amputees for amputees. Articles filled with inspiration, information and encouragement to be active and live a rewarding life. I see you all again for the next episode. Until then, all the best. This is Bjorn from The Active Amputee.